Good morning. Welcome to Connections Church. Welcome, guys. I just want to iterate with Pastor Robert. The Spirit was speaking to me as well. If, if we, we ever get a hold of the power that's in the name of Jesus, that would change our lives. It's a power that is beyond any kind of power that we can imagine. Uh, the, it just blows my mind how powerful that name is. Speaking of the word of God, how demons just tremble at the name of Jesus. I was talking to somebody earlier this morning and, and waves, the, the environment, obey his name, his, his commandments, his words. So, so us as a believer, a Christian, a church goer, a church follower, if we could just, if we could just grasp just a little bit how powerful that name Amen. is, that if you just speak it, things happen. All right, as you see, you see we're, we're in the study of I Believe. We believe, uh, and today I'm going to cover biblical truth. I'm going to do my best to give you some scriptures and give you some uh, words to take with you, to hold on to, to kind of grasp and understand biblical truths. All right, we know that God's word is the, the ultimate authority and guideline for living. Can we agree on that? We, it's to be read, it's to be studied, it's to be lived out. Uh, for James 1, it talks about we should be doers and not hearers only. So true biblical Christianity requires us to do something. And that is to deny every worldly values and behaviors. As we as Christians, we must commit to the word of God. So, 2 Corinthians um, 6, 17, it says, Wherefore, come among, out among them, they, those, and be separated, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So, when I said them, does anybody, you, you thought about something when I said them? Like, what is them? Who are they? Is any, anybody that the actions, influences, people who will contradict and take your mind off the Word of God. And a lot of times in today's society, people want to dumb down the truth, dumb down the Bible, get rid of what the Bible says. If the Bible says, be ye holy, the world is telling you, it's okay, live any kind of way you want to. If the Bible says this is right, the world is saying this is wrong. It's just it's the, how the world is going right now. Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, um, how can two walk together except they agree? You have the world in one hand and you have the word in the other. One is contradicting the other. One believes something that the other believes. So how can they agree? Now, I'm not telling you to forsake the world or to cast out anybody that you may have a coworker or your neighbor or anything that's not walking the faith like you are. I'm just saying don't pursue the world. There's a difference. 
We're in the world. We have to operate in the world, but we don't have to pursue the things of the world. That's when we get our focus and we get our mind off God is when we start looking at the worldly things and pursuing it with all we have. And that when we was talking about pursuing and thought about it, guys, those of you who have the, your wife next to you, you know what I mean by pursuing, right? Some may have came easy like Justin. He didn't have to do much. He just kind of brushed his hair back and that, that was it. <laughs> Three babies later, there you go. But for others, we had to pursue. We had to go after it. It may have not been easy, but it was worth it in the end. People of God must, this is a must, we must stand firm and refuse to compromise by boldly proclaiming the truth in the face of the world's hostility. Now, the ladies just had a conference about being bold uh, two weeks ago. And it was an awesome conference. But they talked about being bold, standing boldly and proclaiming the truth. The world has just a, 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 just a disrespect for God's word. And I, when I say the world, I'm not saying just everybody, but I'm saying the world in whole. They just have a disrespect. They, they would soon just spit on it, then even pick it up or read it. I'm a big movie guy. I like movies. Anybody remember the movie Braveheart? Yeah, one of my favorite movies. And there's a, there's a scene in there where William Wallace has his men standing on the line and there's hundreds behind him and the enemy is coming at him. They're, they're on horses, they're running, swords out, screaming. But he stands there and he says, hold. And he tells his men, hold. And that's what we got to do as believers. We've got to hold fast. We've got to stand our ground in the, face of, at best, in the face of the enemy, in the face of the world. We have to. Otherwise, we're going to be run over by the, what the world's agenda, what the world wants. God's word is truth. He cannot be outdone. Like Chris said, truth isn't valued anymore. We need truth. Truth is a foundation. Um, as I was going over this and preparing, I started writing, and I was like, you know, whether it offends you or not, we need the truth. Who remembers the movie, uh, A Few Good Men? <laughs> I'm sitting there writing, I'm saying, we need truth, truth, truth. And it just, in the back of my head, you want the truth? And so... <laughs> We want the truth, whether we believe it or not. As God's people, we have to have truth. We have to. Truth frees us. You said frees us from what? It frees us from sin, the bondage of sin, what sin does to you. Sin can grab a hold of you and drag you under before you even realize. But the truth, the Word of God, it frees you from that. Uh, the, remember the passage in the Bible where... Jesus uh, encounters the woman who has the accusers. And at the end, he told her to go and sin no more. He set her free, sent her on her way, and told her to sin no more. She was free at that moment. 
She didn't realize who she had an encounter with, but she was free. God's word is truth. I'm going to give you three reasons why we believe in biblical truth and what the word of God says. All right, the word of God. Let you wrap your head around this. It was written in a span of 1,500 years. Over three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And it was written by 40 different men of God. There's 66 books in it. How many is in the Old Testament? 39? How many is in the New Testament? Math whizzes? 27. All right. And so, out of that 66 books, over that 1,500 years, those three continents, and through those 40 men, the Word of God was inspired. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the word inspired is to fill someone with the urge or ability. The Holy Spirit gave those men the ability to sit there and pin those words out. Another term, another meaning for inspired is God breathed. And there's a big, long Greek word that I'm even not going to try to, you guys can look it up. It's like Theopopolopolis. And it means God breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. There is divine power and authority in his word. There's under for doctrine, that gives you what to believe. For reproof is for teaching someone how to live right. For correction, for instruction. There's so much right there that it's just, it's, it's amazing to see and to imagine that his word gives us that opportunity to live in that manner, to be reproved. Reproof is a good thing in a godly way. Correction is a good thing in a godly way. Instructions, we all need instruction. Second, the Word of God is inerrant. That is, incapable of being wrong. Let that sit in for a second. His Word is incapable, cannot be, never will be wrong. Now, I may be wrong at times. I like to think I'm not. I tell my wife I'm never wrong. I was what's wrong one time, but I realized I made a mistake and I wasn't wrong. So, I mean, you guys. But that's not God's word. His word will never be wrong. Deuteronomy 32.4, he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. He's a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. He is just and right. But if you look at that, he is the rock. Now, I think it was Wednesday past, a small group had a study in Second Peter, or First Peter, chapter 2. Uh, 
did it again. <laughs> first Peter. The, the, the whole, okay, we're going, through, we're going through first Peter. Inside joke. The whole two weeks, three weeks, I've been saying second Peter. I prepared a lesson on second Peter. <laughs> I will be in the room and I will say, turn to second Peter. And I'm looking at first Peter. And so for some reason, I'm stuck on second Peter. We'll find out later what that is. I'm not sure. But it's a rock. And the word rock, it emphasizes his stability. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's the rock of the cornerstone. It emphasizes his permanency. It's not going anywhere. He is who he is. And he says, or he does what he says he would do. Luke 16, 17. I love this verse. I just found it, and I'm like, this is awesome. It says, it is easier for a man. I'm sorry. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than the title. And that word, if you look at the root meaning, is one word, one single word. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one word of God's word to fail. Think about that. Heaven and earth can pass away. It's easier for all that to happen than his word to, to fail. Now, imagine what kind of God do we serve if that your friends may tell you, hey, I'll be there. Something happens, they don't show up. Whatever it is, something happens in your life and something, it just doesn't follow through. But we serve of God that not one single word that he inspired those men to write will not fail. So that's enough for us just to hold on to. And if we find one verse in the Bible that we can memorize and we can hold on to it, uh, it just says the Lord is my shepherd. It will take you through a hard time. Imagine, what is a shepherd? What does a shepherd do? If you look in the old the old books, and if you go back and read about a shepherd, he's there to watch over his sheep. Regardless of what happens, he may have to break a sheep's leg but it keeps wandering off. He may have to throw it over his back and carry it, but he's there to take care of that flock. And if we understand that God is a shepherd, I shall not want. The song Jireh talks about if he loves the lilies, what more? How much more can he love me? Think about that. Just, just think about that for a second. You've got hard times you're going through in your life, and um, there's situations people are going through. There's, everybody has something. If you don't have something you're going through, then you're almost perfect, and you, you should be up here. But we all have something that is just in the back of our mind. It keeps creeping up. It keeps nagging us. Give it over to God. And let him work everything out. Lastly, his word is infallible or infallible, however you want to pronounce it. It is never failing, always effective. It's not capable of being wrong. So, Isaiah 55, 11. 
going to paraphrase because it's a little lengthy. My words that I speak will not return unto me void. Meaning whatever God says, it will come to pass. If it doesn't, then he's not God. His word will come to pass. We had a, I think you guys may have heard the story of our situation. We got a word that was spoken over our lives that we would have two kids. Two. That's all I could handle. And God knew that. And we had to walk in that and hold on to the fact that, okay, God, I believe that you spoke through a man of God and you said this and you even named those babies. So I'm going to hold on to that. So if God spoke it, which through men of God, he speaks, then that was a word I had to hold on to. Regardless of the situations around me, you know, it felt like, it felt like everybody was having babies. Everybody. You turned around. But it was something, and it was a hard time that we had to walk through. It was hard. And there was times I felt like, just, you know what, I'm just going to give up. It's better off for me not to hold on to this and just, just forget about it. But God spoke it. And he was faithful enough that his words came to pass. And I love them, but you see those little two, they're running around here. One's about this tall and the other one's about this tall. And they're a handful. Yeah, but they're mine because God gave them to me. God cannot lie, Hebrews 6, 18 says. It's impossible. He cannot Hebrews 4, 12 says, For the word of God is quick, it's powerful, and what? Sharper than a two-edged sword. It's quick to correct. It's powerful enough to settle down any situation you've got. And it's sharp enough to cut through any kind of junk that may be thrown your way. We've got to learn to speak the word. We've got to learn to speak it. Why do you say? Why do I need to speak the word? Because the word has authority. It has power. And once you realize that, you know what? You get somebody, you meet somebody at Walmart, and they just rub you the wrong way. Who's been there for? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Just speak the word. You can speak it over yourself. You don't have to, to condemn them. Just speak the word to yourself. Love is patient. Love is kind. Just speak the word. It has power. It has authority. It, it can do things that we are not capable of doing. It's a supernatural. It's always working for the believer. It's truth. It's honorable. You know, in Ephesians 6, where Paul was writing about the whole armor of God, the first part that he started out with was the belt of truth. 
Now, I'm just a little country guy from the hills of Lake Lure. And I grew up with a grandmother that regardless of what day of the week it was, regardless if my pants fit, regardless. I mean, this was before the whole saggy stuff came in. It was like, you are not leaving the house without a belt. And your shirt will be tucked in. I'm like, why? Why? Why do I have to wear a belt? My shirt is over my pants. Nobody's going to see it. My pants, they fit. No one would see it. But she instilled that in me. You're not leaving this house without wearing a belt. And so today, like, when I leave the house and I forget my belt, I'm like, I don't have a belt on. Uh, Hunter had to borrow my belt a couple Sundays ago, and I was over there. I don't have a belt. My belt's gone. It's something about the belt. It, it, for me, it just holds everything in, holds it together. And so I was thinking about that. It started out with the belt of truth. Without that belt on, there, it, it just, there's nothing there. So with that belt of truth, it has, you can put your weapons in there. And then you could put stuff on there. And so I, I was thinking, you know what, that's, that's true. Officer Lale, we were joking up before um, service and he bent over and he's like, I feel like I can't get back up because all this stuff on my belt. But it had me remember like when I was in the police force, my belt carried everything I needed. And everything I needed right then was on my belt. I can reach for it. And so if this is the belt of truth, there's everything on that belt you need. Regardless of the situation, the belt is there. So I want to ask you guys, who are you pursuing? Are you pursuing the things of the world? The things that are flashy, they look good, they sound good, but what are they? Are you pursuing the, the lies, the letdown, and the losses that the world offers? Or are you pursuing the Word of God? which was inspired is inherent which cannot be wrong and infallible which cannot fail I was thinking about that I was like that kind of sounds like the same thing can't be wrong can't fail but it's not if he speaks something it, it can't be wrong what this word says every word in here is right for every situation you'll face, the answers are in this book. And it can't fail. It's something you can lean on, something you can trust, something that won't wear out, it won't rust over time, something that regardless of what you're going through, it is always there. 
And when we understand and when we get that realization in our heads, in our human brain, which is not that big, but if we just get it inside our spirit and we realize that God has everything we need. He's more than enough. This word that was God. Let me see if I'm not on a mistake at first John or John chapter one. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Who are you pursuing? And why? Don't let your guards down. Get in the Word. Understand what the Word has to offer. Dig deep into it. Get familiar with it. The more you get familiar with the Word, the more God will show you things. It's just like pursuing the the person you're with. The more you pursue, the more you know, the more you know, the more you fall in love. This is a relationship. He wants to have a relationship with us through this word. And the more you dig into it, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Justin, what's the first five books called? The Pentateuch. Pentateuch. That's deep. That is deep five books. But it's worth getting in there and just chipping away at it. You don't have to read the whole thing in one day. Just go and read some. Let it digest. Read some more. Let it digest. And you'll start to see things. Guys, from the beginning, from Genesis to Revelation, it's all a road map. Everything comes together and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. There's things in the Old Testament that they speak of in the New Testament. And there's things in the Gospels that Paul talks about in his letters. It all just intertwines together. You can't have one without the other. His words are infallible, inherent, and inspired. Where's the praise team at? We'll get them up here. So, Pastor Ara beat me to the altar call. That's okay. More altar calls. But I want to offer you that this time that we can all stand. Just go ahead and stand. There's a verse in Matthew. I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't find it right now. But it speaks of if you confess me, Jesus is speaking, before men, I will confess you before my Father. Amen. That's right. Now, a lot of times during this time, a preacher will say, is there anybody that needs anything? Because I've been there. In the back of your mind, you'll have that voice speaking to you. You're fine right where you're at. Don't worry about it. You don't have to raise your hand. The person next to you may look at you. 
We're all sinners. Saved by grace. Don't let that voice, don't let that distraction get you from getting what God has for you. So I'm just going to open it up. I'm finished preaching. They're going to sing a song in a second. But if there be anybody that needs anything, the altar's open. surgery on Tuesday and I'm losing all control of all things and I've I've been in in my mind a lot and and I and I'm thankful for this season because I've always depended on what I know and now I am learning to do exactly what you're preaching about I'm I am learning to believe him for what he says and to apply that to my life. And I'll have two months where I'm bed-bound, unable to do anything except for getting his word and fill my spirit so that I can actually be a living example of what I go out and preach to those people on the streets. And I so badly desire that. And I'm just so uncomfortable. And I can't reach back to the, the cigarettes or, or the things that used to numb me because he's delivered me from them. Amen. But I'm finding new coping skills and he's helping me. I don't just, I am scared and I am out of control. And I would desperately like prayer from my church family for this next season that I go through that I thank God for. Because Amen. without it, who knows where this ugly, nasty soul would be. Amen. Church, you heard it. She's asking for prayer. And so she's come before the church, asking the church to remember her. So as a family, and as a church body, through your prayer time, lift her up. Lift her family up, the, the Aaron's family. Just say God will do something in her life during this time. That he will free her from those things, those bondages that has just grabbed a hold of her. Pray right now. Just lift up, point, point your hand up this way. Just Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else, regardless of what the situation may be? I'm not going to tarry too long. Dear God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. What a sweet name that is. The name that is above every other name. The name that was given to one who would come and deliver us from our sins, from our shortcomings, from those things that just keep us bound and imprisoned. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Your word says he 
has been stricken with all the things that we will be tempted with. And yet he is sinless. So right now, I'm calling on you, Jesus, to give her strength, to give her peace about this situation, to deliver her. I come against any unclean spirit that may visit, thoughts in the mind that may creep back in. Lord, you're worthy of all the praises. You are strong and mighty. Yet your hand stretches out and can reach us even where we're at right now, God. Grant her the power through your name. That name of Jesus. We're going to speak the name of Jesus in your situation. That you'll see victory and joy will come to you. God, we thank you for this time that we've had to worship you. Thank you for this time that we just had to open up your word and visit. And Lord, may there be someone that will take your word and start to dive in it. Start to grow in it. Start to pursue your word more than they're pursuing anything else. Because your word gives us truth. It gives us liberty. It gives us freedom. It gives us power. It makes us strong. For it's the bread of life. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the people that are here. Touch those that need to be touched by you, God. Deliver those that are desperately seeking deliverance. And heal those that need your healing touch. We thank you, Father. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.